if you do decide to go to Con Barbecue, eat in the restaurant or bring it home. <laughs> yeah. Don't be a hero. Don't eat in the car. This may not be working out for me. But, you know, the next three or four guests at uh, Car Con Carney will all enjoy it, too. <laughs> right, because this car, smell's not going anywhere. This smell's not going anywhere. <laughs> it's Car Con Carney. Let's eat in the car. It's Car Con Carney. And now here's the star of our show. It is the world's only food podcast recorded in a car. That car is a filthy Mazda 3. I've been driving around Chicago in the wintertime. It's just caked and just salt and snow and dirt. Uh, and I'm on Western Avenue outside Con Barbecue, Western and Devon. Uh, sitting shotgun this week is textbook foodie, a guy who knows it all. He's eaten it all. Michael Gebert, the man behind Fooditor, uh, also my favorite food writer in the city. Michael, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. So you chose this place because it's in your new food guide. It's in my new food guide, the Fooditor 99. And it's a good example of the kind of thing that is in the Fooditor 99, which is there's a million Indian and Pakistani restaurants along Devon. So There are so many that I, I don't even try. Like, I don't, I, mean, I don't even know where to, be, where to begin, so I'm glad we're doing this. Exactly. And that's the point was of the book is to give you a place where to begin give you the restaurant to go to, give you some things to order. We ordered a couple things that I recommended in the book, and we're going to break into them and make uh, James' car smell like them for the next month. The smell is amazing. All right, so first of all, let's set the scene. Con Barbecue is on the corner. It is a huge space, like two dining rooms. Um, the decor, not so much. Looks kind of like a bus stop. <laughs> With a chandelier. With with an ornate chandelier. Yeah, it, it's not the, the fanciest place you'll ever walk into, which I kind of like discovering places like that. Yeah, it's it's an interesting, the history of this place. It started out in an old Mr. Submarine. So you were in there with, uh, you know, the bright orange hardback benches and things like that. And it was so tiny, and they're cooking this food in, in the tandoori's, which are big concrete... Uh, pits basically i mean it's similar to like if you have a big green egg for barbecue or something like that it retains a lot of heat so in the winter they would open the door so in your in front it's you're feeling the heat from the tandoor in back you're feeling the cold from the door and you're eating the stuff in you know bright orange and red uh, you know formica and it was I really liked it among the Indian Indian and Pakistani plate. It's Pakistani because it wasn't the buffet. It was more like street food. It's mostly uh kebabs and things like that grilled in the tandoor. And so I liked this place a lot and then it burned and I thought, well, that's the end of that. And meanwhile, there's there are all these kind of hybrid uh, cuisines within Indian cuisine, and one of them is what's called Bombay Chinese, which is the Indian halal version of Chinese food. And so, a Bombay Chinese place had come and gone very quickly in this space after apparently spending all its money on the chandelier in the main room and things like that. And so, somehow, Khan went from the Mister Submarine to this inort, uh, this uh, ornate uh, space. You know, it sort of looks like a meeting room at Harris Joliet or something. Yes, and yes. Uh, and so um, you know, it's been happy ever since. It wasn't that busy when we went there, but at night we got, we got here right when it opened at yeah. twelve o'clock. 
at uh, at night is quite busy. It's a popular place. So, so regarding your book, um, you list ninety nine restaurants. It's ninety nine restaurants for twenty seventeen, and it's so tough with lists like this to categorize them or, or you know acknowledge what the criteria is. Yours is real simple. The ninety nine most exciting restaurants right now, and it comes down to pleasure. Yeah, I think you know you can you can kid yourself that a place oh that's important or it's very fancy i think that that was very good but you know either you kind of went wow oh my god that's so great uh or you didn't and if you just kind of went oh that's nice you know then i then i'm not going to put you in the book um to me it's the places that really wowed me it's the places that do something special you know whatever the genre is and it's not fine dining by any means, there are some in there, but it's it's all kinds yeah, of yeah, things. You also have Red Hot Ranch. I mean, I have Red really Hot Ranch, have... exactly. <laughs> you know, it is the whole scope of Chicago dining, but just the places that are better than the other ones. I mean, when there's four Mexican restaurants on a street, and one of them is packed and the other three aren't, go to that place. And that's basically the point of the book. You know, they're doing something that the others aren't, and that's the special place. So you want to go there. All right, let's bust open the food, and we'll talk more about the book. Um, so these are things you recommended in the book. And yeah. One's a chicken dish and one's a goat dish. Yeah. So um, let's open this and see which one this is. It is green. So this is uh, green, believe it or not, is chicken. Uh, it's called chicken boti. And it's uh, hunks of chicken that are threaded onto a skewer. And they go in the tandoor. And they've been coated in, I'm not sure how you say it, if it's Raita or Raita, it's R-A-I-T-A. But it's like a basic sauce in Indian and Pakistani food. Um, you know, we, we were, James was asking inside the restaurant, asking the guy, what's the sauce? And he's just going, um, it's, it's, it's sauce. Good. It's good. It's sauce. <laughs> it's just sauce. So, you know, it's pretty basic. It's kind of, you know, ketchup or salsa or whatever in, in this cuisine. And so it's just coated in that. And then grilled, so you've got nice, it you know, smells so gnarly char charred bits, oh. and you've got beautiful green bits. And I don't know if we have any forks, but uh, oh, we've got to have forks. We've got to have forks. Um, well, over. We do have the um, we have some non. So if nothing else, we can just. Uh, this is so hot. Yeah. It's, Wait, do we seriously not have silverware? I don't know. I haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> I think I think we're eating this with the non. Welcome to your first food challenge of the day. <laughs> well, you know, that's one of the things, too, is like you go in these places and you don't even know how to eat the food. So I try to give you some clues as to what to do. I went in a hot pot place the other day. Do you know what hot pot is? Uh, is it like a neti pot? Because if so, I don't want to eat that. No. <laughs> it's, uh, it's like a Chinese thing where they, they heat up stuff at your table and you have you have some cold stuff that you just dip in it. Um, I'm making the worst background noise ever for radio. I think it's here. all good. Um, and the nun's like a blanket. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's, a baby blanket. It's bigger than a, an LP. Uh -huh. And uh, um, so you know, hot pot. And it's like I was I was mystified there. So you know, that's going to be one of my next challenges is figuring out how do you do hot pot to get the you know the maximum out of it. But it's a big thing. It's there's hot pot places open all over. Now, should so, we should we run in and get utensils? No, I think we should just bring Are it. you kidding me? <laughs> All right, and then the other thing Wait, we are have. You, are you serious? We're just going to rush it? We're just going to eat it. This is how people eat it. This is how they get it on the street in, you know, 
in uh, Darbar or wherever. So, um, and then we have. Oh my god, that looks delicious. Then we have the goat chops, and these are. Um, they're little. See, those are easier to eat because they're lollipops. They're lollipops. They're little goat lollipops coated in seriously Cheeto orange, bright orange spices, and then grilled again with lots of nice burnt pieces. That looks great. These are so good. Um, well, let's let's dig in. That's You're great. killing me. I, seriously, some, I, I hate eating get with my sil- hands. If you want to go get silverware, <laughs> get silverware. I'm going in to get silverware. I'm not going to be a hero because you know we could do that. And the whole time I'd be thinking, oh, I wish I'd gone in, and my hands stink. <laughs> now my steering wheel will stink. I'm going in for a fork. Would me... you like one, or are you going to be a hero and just tough it out with the nine? <laughs> if you're going to bring, get, I'll uh, I'll go with whatever. Like Gabber, the tough guy, he doesn't need utensils. Yeah, I don't think we have them. Nope. So. All right, I'm running in. I'll be back. I'm putting this on pause. All right, I'm back. Here we are. Uh, we're closer to the goalpost. They gave us spoons. <laughs> they don't actually have plastic forks. Okay. But well. I feel better about the spoon than I do the, the nothing. <laughs> All right. So I'll show you. This is how I eat chicken boti. And honestly, I don't remember if I learned this from somebody or if this is a horrible white guy's bastardization of how to do this food. Okay. Um, do you take a piece of naan? I'm watching it. And you kind of put it, you put the piece of the boti in the naan. Uh-huh. And then you can take a piece of cucumber or onion cucumber. From, the, cool. from the. Um, the little packet they gave us. And then we have more of the reita, reita, however you say it, here. So you can spoon some of that and put it on the, the and make a little sandwich out of it. Oh, my God. But what's nice about it, I mean, what you're trying to do here is you're using the cool yogurt, mint, cilantro, whatever, to kind of balance out the hot spices yep. on it. Hand that over, please. Okay. <laughs> Go for it. Oh, no, hand, you, eat that. I'll hand over the sauce. Oh, okay. Goodness. Uh, this is not the easiest thing to eat in a car. It's going to be Let's honest see, about that. Have some. Oh, thanks. Have some naan. All right, this is going on my pants. <laughs> oh, I got napkins too. And here's the thing my seat, something broke in the mechanism in my car. I can't ease my seat back anymore. So I'm just kind of stuck, hunched in front of the <laughs> steering wheel. This is bad. All right, I've got napkins. Excellent. Yeah, for those, sure. Those will be important. I should give you all of them. I need some myself. Uh, the chicken is delicious. Very spicy. But delicious. Right, so you're taking little non... Tear off a chunk of it, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't have enough hands. <laughs> and I've got a steering wheel in my way. Yeah. All right, here we go. I got it. I got it. I'm on it. Dude. It's all Glad this is not video. All right, so... Got my sauce. Got my little chicken here. And by the way, this is so scaldingly hot. My upper thigh is just, it's raw right now. <laughs> this is burning through my pants. Okay, I've got it. I've got it. I'll take a cucumber too. Okay. Here we go. Oh, you need you want some chicken or are you going to do the lamb? Uh, I'm going to get some chicken here in a moment. <laughs> oh, it's already dripping. Hang on. Mm-hmm. There went the cucumber. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, geez, that's hot. Mm-hmm. We're not even talking spice yet. We're just talking about like the... Intensely, uh, yeah, temperature. Oh, boy. But it's nice with the combination of the hot and cold and mm-hmm. the mint to kind of break the spiciness. Delicious. 
And I bet if you're eating this at a table. <laughs> like a civilized human. Yeah, right, like an adult. I bet it would be really great. Oh, Mike, that is something. Those spices are fantastic. Yeah. I mean, this is literally top three dishes in Chicago for me. Chicken you said that when we walked in, and I, I, it sounded... Hyperbole. Yes, very much. <laughs> yeah. When when I'm executed, I plan to try and negotiate uh, oh my with goodness. the FBI for chicken boti before I oh go. Oh, my goodness. Sorry, I need a, an untainted spoon so, since right. we're sharing this here. <laughs> um, yeah, see, real foodies have given up on sanitation long Yeah, before. for sure. Ooh, I got a big one there. It's good. I'm going to make this into a much bigger sandwich. Because in the car, that's about the best I can do. Yeah. Thank you. All right, this is good. This is good. I would come back for this. It's just... So what kind of spices go into this? Indian food confounds me. Yeah, I honestly don't know. I mean, I know the the reta is like coriander or cilantro. Um, He said mint, and it's, you know, yogurt base. Fairly runny yogurt. Um, and I think that maybe all they just coat on this, or there may be other spices in it. It's, I don't know. I mean, it's got to, yeah, some, the heat's coming from somewhere. I guess he said green peppers, which I don't think mean like bell peppers. Nope. I think, I think it's, you know, clearly they're probably, uh, buying peppers at the Mexican store and, uh-huh. you know, and putting those on it. This is, at first I thought the prices were a bit rough. The, the chicken tandoori thing is like 14 bucks. Um, the chicken dish we're eating is probably around the same price. This is a lot of food. It's a lot of food, yeah. This is... It doesn't even look like it because they pack it into these little containers, but this is a ton of food. Right, and they've got other things. You know, I usually get, like, a vegetable side mm-hmm. dish, you know, like aloo gobi or something. You know, it could be chickpeas or spinach and cheese or something right. like that. But that's just kind of just spell you in between bites of chicken boti. Holy crud. And they have different kind of naan, too. Like a garlic naan and a butter yeah. naan. Oh, man. So back to your book. You know, I, I was saying this. It's so hard to find places to go. When you have the desire to try something new, you want to get out. If you go down the Yelp rabbit hole, you're never going to be rewarded for that. Right, because everyone is going to say their favorite place is the best mm-hmm. place on earth. And I find Yelp useful if you're looking for information. Like, if I'm looking for kind of old-school pizza places, it's not interesting to me that you say, this is the best place I've been going here since I was three. Well, it's, you think it's the best place because you've been going there since right. you were three. What's interesting to me is, you know, Joe's still doing it the same way he's been doing it since 1959. You know, uh-huh. he still rolls, rolls out the dough himself and grinds his own sausage. You know, then I'm starting to learn something that tells me that's a pizza place worth checking out because it. it's not just another you know Domino's imitation. It's it's a place that is serious about its own way of doing things. Um, but yeah, I mean it, we're lucky in Chicago that there's just there's so many choices that they're overwhelming. Um, and for me, it was just interesting to find a way to break it down for people. Here's a few of these. Here's a few of that. Um, give them so many different choices in so many different areas. And, you know, part of it, too, is sending them to different parts of the city. I mean, I love mm-hmm. Devon, but there's no question it's overwhelming. And, you know, people come up here and they eat it, you know, they would eat at Indian Garden because there was one of those downtown and they'd right, heard of right. it. Right, um, right. And, 
just getting people to explore past the safest choice, which is hard because you don't know what you're going to find. I mean, I'm, once in a while I go in a place and I just crap out. I mean, there's just no, there's kind of no way into this place for someone who's not from this culture already. Um, but a lot of times, you know, a little information, if, if they see you trying to make the effort at all or knowing what you should be having in this place, they'll be excited about helping you. Let's talk about, oh my God, Spice is really catching up to me. <laughs> Back of my head is starting to sweat. The little beads of it above my lip. And my, my mouth my mouth is tingling right now. <laughs> but that is a really good kind of spice. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, I love... Indian food is just so multidimensional. Uh-huh. That's a, that's a good way to say it. It's because you're a food writer. Right. It's not just, you know, here, we're going to burn the roof of your mouth off. Well, let's talk about some of the diversity of restaurants in your book. Blackbird. Never been. That whole stretch of Randolph Street... I just I, I find it overwhelming. I, I always assume I don't have enough money to eat at those places. <laughs> you but know, Blackbird has a great deal. It's one of the reasons this I is why I bring it book. up. Yeah, this is exactly why I like your book. You mentioned one of the best deals in town: twenty five dollar lunch. Yeah, it's three courses. So you get you get like something to start, a main course, and dessert. And it's like okay, maybe you'll want to go have a cheeseburger after. I'm not saying it's huge. But the level of artistry, to me, is very accessible, and that was a big part of it to me. I didn't want to recommend... I mean, there's no point in me putting, you know, a linea in there, which is $400 to go right. to. Um, first of all, if you're interested in that, you've already heard of a linea. Every, it's in every other guidebook. That's it. That's exactly so, right. So, you know, you don't need to hear from me. Um, and so I tried to... Even in the high end, I tried to identify the places that were just interesting to me, That that were sincere about their craft, uh, accessible to people, and, you know, where you'd have a good time and find it interesting. Uh, Arbor. I, I was just at Arbor this morning. I go there Get out. regularly for breakfast uh, well, that, that's what you're talking with my about laptop. It's, it's on the second floor of an office building. Well, you see, it's hidden. It's hidden. It is. It's there's very little sign of of it from the outside. It's this lead certified. So unless you work very in the building, high tech, and that's what it was for originally, was created so the people there would have somewhere to eat, and, but the guys there are just they're very experimental about stuff. They do interesting things. They grow stuff out back. They do a tasting menu kind of thing where they they quiz you beforehand about what you like. So they sort of you know tailor it to what you want. I mean it's just. Talk about a place that's trying harder. They really do a good job with that. A place I'd wanted to go to for a while, never made made the trip, because it's right in the middle of downtown. It's right off Michigan Avenue. Purple Pig. Pardon me a second. Jimmy Bannis Jr. <laughs> I mean, the name it has the name, but there's something about just making the making an effort to eat on Michigan Avenue. Right, and you have to go. I mean, you're going to wait a half hour there. Uh-huh. But they're really good about turning it over quickly. But I just think, I mean, it's it's a good example of how sort of high-end food in Chicago is still very, it's it's not only accessible, but it's down to earth. I mean, it's it's basically comes out of the Italian and Greek food that he and his father, who owns Heaven on Seven, grew up with and cooked and and all of that. And you know, it's not it's not about making it into a weird shape on the plate. It's about it just being really delicious, and it's the closest thing to 
you know, a seaside restaurant in Italy or something like that that you, that you find in the city. So speaking of Cajun food, I do like Heaven on 7. Why does no one else do Cajun? Or are there places that I'm not aware of? You know, it went through a fad once, and it kind of comes and goes. There was a really good place that closed this year called Analog. It was a bar on Milwaukee, mm-hmm. Logan Square. Um, it was weird. It was like a, a dance club at night, but somehow it had really good Cajun food, too. Um, so I that love was a good gumbo. I love jambalaya. I love and there's a stuff. new place that just opened. What's the name? It's like Fifili or something like that. I'm not even, I can't even remember the name. Just opened. I haven't tried it yet. So, right. yes, there are restaurants I haven't been to. I admit it. Well, you've been to so many. Uh, there's Con <laughs> Barbecue, number 20 on your list. Uh, and we're eating what you recommend. The chicken uh, boaty and the, the goat chicken boat. Yeah, we haven't broken into the goat yet. But I've never had goat before. True story. Goat this is, is good. Goat is, is good first. meat. Uh, Honey One Barbecue. I know you're an advocate of that place. Yes. You'll follow them anywhere. <laughs> I've only been a couple times now that they're way on the south side. But Tips and links. Who's your mama? Who's your mama pie? And that's a good example. I mean, it's, you know... Guidebooks, I feel, are very arbitrary about we want places that serve dinner. That's the standard. And everything else is a kind of side thing. Sometimes you just want pie. You just want pie. And if it's great (laughs) pie, why shouldn't it be on the same list and in comparison to fancy dinner places or whatever else? I've been to the Evanston one a couple times. And there's nothing more decadent and awesome than after a meal out going for pie and coffee. Yeah. Just a big slice of awesome pie. And this wasn't that great a pie city until fairly recently, and now we kind of have a few pie places finally. Yeah, yeah. And but she really kicked it off. So you have a couple Mexican places. How? How, how the hell? Those? How do you choose a Mexican place? How do you exactly know my yeah. question? How? 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 Some of it, I mean, is just going and trying places over and over. You know, trying up and down the street and just seeing what you find. Uh huh. Um, I have some tricks about knowing how to spot if somebody specializes in something from an area. By the way, um, I'm totally using my hands now. Yeah. I'll bet <laughs> gave up on that. Uh-huh. Um, you know, it's to me, it's always a good sign if it says uh, fines a semana or uh, tortillas heche a mano. Because one, one of them is stuff, you know, there's special foods on the weekend, mm-hmm. which is a Mexican tradition. And the other one is that the tortillas are made in-house. They get fresh masa and grill the tortillas in-house. Not that it's bad to not do that, but both of those things are the kind of signs just somebody's trying a little harder. Mm -hmm. They're a little more authentic. The fact that it's in Spanish, they're not talking to you. So you know that it's... They're trying to appeal to to Mexicans in Chicago. You know, here's going to be food like home. I'm reaching for more napkins, by the way. Do you have enough? I'm fine. I'm just sure? not touching anything. <laughs> Excuse me. All right, should we break into the? Let's try the goat. Go, goat here. So these are cool looking. They're like little, like little lamb chops, except they are like flaming neon orange. They really are. Oh, thank you. You're handing one over. They are, it is literally flaming neon orange. And this lots is not of, something found in nature. Yeah. <laughs> lots of. Uh, you know, I'm assuming there's a lot of turmeric in that. That mm-hmm. would be the yellow part of the orange. I keep bumping there. Goat chop versus microphone. Um, that's really good. Very tender. Wow, that's not at all what I was expecting. Hmm. That's really good. 
Right, I think it has a reputation as a tough meat, and I think that's people confusing it with mutton. Could be. Um, of course, one of the things, and it's in the book, is that's a, a big goat dish in Chicago is birria, which I mean, doesn't have to be goat, but it's often goat. Mm-hmm. And it's basically roast, so you just roast it until it falls apart like anything else that you you know, braise for a long time, like pulled pork or something. This is quite good. Yeah. And again, spicy. I'm going to wrap this up in paper so I can throw it away. I know. I was just thinking, what are we going to do with the the bones from this? The logistics of eating in a car. Yeah. Always a challenge. But if I can eat a 20-inch pizza in here, (laughs) anything is possible. All right, so I mentioned Red Hot Ranch. This is a hot dog town. You zeroed in on Red Hot Ranch for the burger. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's I find it very hard to judge differences between hot dogs. I mean, there's certain things. It's like once you get to the level, you're serving a Vienna beef dog uh-huh. that has a natural casing, and you're not overcooking it because sometimes they just leave them in the water forever. But, you know, it's it's been in the water an appropriate amount of time, and now you're doing the classic Chicago things on that. The 20 places that do that right are pretty much the same to me. And you know you know who they are. And you know who they are, yeah. And uh, to me, I, uh, you know, I never, so I never did like a top 10 hot dog list for Thrillist when I was doing all those lists. Mm-hmm. I did what's the best hot dog in various neighborhoods. Because right. to me, there's just a plateau that, I agree. that you hit. Um, the burger was more interesting to, me at, to, interesting to me at Red Hot Ranch because it's, very much like the In-N-Out burger. And you always have foodies going, oh, if only In-N-Out would move to Chicago. I kind of like that regional things are still regional. Yep. You know, I, I'd like to think that there are people in Los Angeles going, oh, if only Culver's would move to Los Angeles. <laughs> um, I got to say, I did have a Culver's burger last weekend, and it was kind of amazing. Culver's are great. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's one of those things. It's, it's the same with In-N-Out. It's not that I'm going to go drive a million miles to go eat at Culver's. But if I'm already out in the middle of nowhere and now it's time to feed my kids, yep. I'm very happy to see Culver's over there. I was horizon. in Harvard, Illinois on there the way back. And <laughs> there it was. There was custard. There was a butter burger and a side of cheese curds. And it's, that was good. It's as good as it's going to get. I'm telling you. Uh, the Bud Long. I think we, we mutually agree that Jared Leonard is doing fine stuff with as hot chicken. As long as we're talking flaming hot foods. Yes. Uh, chicken. Absolutely. As my nose is running from eating yeah. this. <laughs> no. Uh, Jared, the long saga of getting the Budlong up and running. Yeah, which he still hasn't opened the main restaurant. He's now ha- had three satellite operations, and the main restaurant is still waiting. But, On Western Avenue. But it's great. I mean, and he's a guy, I mean, talk about going the extra mile. A bunch of people did the Nashville hot chicken thing all at once, and they pretty much just dumped a bunch of hot sauce on chicken. Right. Well, I mean, that's fine if it's good fried chicken. Jared is a student of hot chicken, He's if there is a such a thing. He's a mad scientist of it. He was, you he know. Made, he made multiple trips to Nashville. The, and they tried all these different ways, and he's worked out scientifically exactly, you know, when you add it and how you mix it. To, you know, all these, all the permutations of it to get it just exactly right. And that shows. And he did it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Manny's, it was funny. I was having a conversation with someone recently about... What's a good? What's the best deli to go to? And a lot of people will stick up for Eleventh City Diner. Manny's is still the one. Eleventh City Diner I've had great meals at, but it's it's everything with Manny's. It's the the atmosphere, it's the history. Manny's, yeah, and to me that's a big part of it. I I love. I mean, obviously, I love eating and going out and all that. But a big part of it is that it's culture. It is people bringing you their food, 
And I've been going there since I was a kid, like with right. my grandparents. A place like Manny's has so much history in it. And it's to me, and it's still this, you know, this sort of meeting place of the city where you've got like city workers and tourists and guys in, you know, blue suits from a law firm and aldermen and everything all sitting at different, ta- you know, tables and eating the same stuff and happy about it. I mean, it's just, it's a wonderful quintessential Chicago place. I didn't necessarily put a lot of classics in the book like there's no Italian beef place in there Mm -hmm. nothing against Italian beef I've written you know about 12,000 articles about it but (laughs) but it is easy to find search best Italian beef you'll find all my articles you'll find Steve Delinsky's article you know there's plenty of that out there and so I didn't necessarily feel I had to touch off on a lot of those classics but uh, Manny's you couldn't leave out also on the list, the Duck Inn. Yeah, and that's... Kevin, a, Kevin Hickey's kind of an amazing guy. An awesome guy. He, uh, and it's it's just a great life story, too. He, you know, he's worked for the high-end hotel chains. He had a Michelin star when he was at the yeah, Four I'm going to reach over you as you're talking. I need more sure, chicken. Sure, more chicken. How Go am I for it. Do this? How am I going to do this, Mike? Just grab it. Okay. Yep. Um, we're in a, you know, etiquette-free zone. Mm-hmm. Um so he's, you know, he's cooked all over the world. He's cooked in these fancy hotels. He literally comes back to the street he grew up on, on Bridgeport. This place, it used to be the bar where he'd, like, run down and buy his dad a pack of cigarettes when he was a kid. I love that. Um, and opens a restaurant in it and names it for a restaurant that his grandmother had, the Duck Inn. Um has, you know, the menu has something she served, which is basically a patty melt, but the menu called it a hamburger sandwich. So his menu <laughs> says hamburger sandwich. I love that. For those of you who don't know what a hamburger is. And, you know, I mean, that's, it's, again, it's living history. It's very modern food. They have, you know, great cocktail bars and all that, but it is steeped in Chicago history and culture. And, and he's a guy, you talk to him and he's like, you know, oh yeah, we'd always go after you know four a.m. after our shift. We would go to Riccobini's and get a breaded steak sandwich. I love it. Uh, Ninety miles. I love Cuban food. I love I love a good Cuban. And I think that's kind of an overlooked food in Chicago. Um, there's a fair amount of it. I don't think there's a huge difference between like the best <laughs> Cuban food and and the not the best Cuban food. But that's a really good place. They make nice like seafood soups mm-hmm. and stuff like that. There's also one in Lincolnwood, which is Oh, really? Not mentioned here. I, okay. Not far from here. I will have uh, to. Lincolnwood Town Center, which is about as awful a mall as you can ever enter. <laughs> but it, it, there was a Ruby Tuesday there. And then... That and it got, became 90 miles Cuban? Uh-huh. It's that, crazy. That, you know, we live in the best of all possible worlds. I'm so telling you. Yeah. Oh, here we More go. Goat, More goat, Yes, sir. Thank you. <laughs> this, is, this is seriously... This is a wonderful, wonderful meal. And that's a great one to surprise people with because they're thinking... I'm know, totally surprised. What they're, All their ex- expectations about goat are, you know, are not what this turns out to be, which is this freshly, you know, nicely uh, tender chop. Mm-hmm. I guess be- he was. We were watching him kind of do something with it, and I think he kind of trims it away from the bone for I think you. that's exactly it. And when you walk in there, you're not expecting awesomeness. Really. Yeah, it's... it's just kind of a big plain place mm-hmm. with with a chandelier. Right. This is stunningly good. And really, if you do decide to go to Con Barbecue, eat in the restaurant or bring it home. <laughs> yeah. 
Don't be a hero. Don't eat in the car. <laughs> this may not be working out for me. But, you know, the next three or four guests at uh, um, Car Con Carney will all enjoy it, too. <laughs> right, because this car, smell's not going anywhere. This smell's not going anywhere. Oh, my God. I did that once. We had some leftovers, and I think my son and I went to a movie, and it was July. Uh-huh. We came back to the car with the leftovers having, you know, bubbled in the back seat. The they became time. one. <laughs> it's just like, oh, man. Uh, this one of the many reasons I like your book is the discovery. I had no idea that Spinning Jay Bakery and Soda Fountain existed. I read what you wrote about it, and now I want to go there tomorrow. For phosphates. Phosphates, yeah. Again, going back to having meals with my grandparents as a young Jewish boy growing up north of Chicago, a chocolate phosphate was like, <coughs> that was the thing. Yeah. And then, again, another pie place. I mean, they do beautiful pies. They do their own sodas. and But it totally has the feel of an old-time soda fountain place. I love it. And that's just a fun little corner of all these places. I mean, it's where Rootstock has been for a long time. But just in the last year or so, a bunch of other places popped up around there. And now it's a really nice little corner, what is it, California and Augusta, mm-hmm. uh, of the city that, you know, it's, it's good to discover and you can go back several times and try something different each time. Uh, what I do like about this book, a lot of places that Carcon Carney has visited are mentioned. Uh, like Ivy's Burgers, hot Ivy's. Dogs and fries. That guy is such a nice guy. Well, they and do such interesting do, things with hot dogs. Yeah, they have like the the Japanese dog yeah. with pickled ginger and seaweed on it, and the Danish dog with brown mustard and fried onions and things like that. But he also just does really good burgers. They do really nice shakes. You know, it's 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 up in uh, Edgebrook, and it's like two east of Superdog. Yeah, and what a great little. Um, you know, family-oriented, family-run place. He's always nice to me. I kind of hate going there now when he's there, when I, my order's taken, because I'm going to wind up with, like, 18 free things, and <laughs> I don't want to take Yeah, you want to go when him. he's not looking. Right. I know, like, I know what you mean. get my order in and pay, and then he sees me there. And I'm still li- liable to walk out the door with a bowl of chili, but, you know. And, uh, you know, again, back to Discovery, Magic Jug. Yeah, well, there I'm going to give credit to my friend Rob Gardner, who loves that kind of hearty Eastern European food. And, you know, to me, a lot of it is kind of the same. But Magic Jug is a really nice place. It's, it's Ukrainian, um, that kind of hearty winter food. I highly recommend it in the next couple of months. It sounds great. And it's uh, totally northwest. Yeah, what, way west. 6300 West Irving. Right. So you, you break everything down in my neighborhood at the, at the back of the book. Um, cuisines. Um, locations uh, it's all itemized and I see certain things like farm to table a couple years ago that was a trend but that's not going anywhere is it I mean I everybody in the high-end restaurant business claims it at this point I cited places that really that I know they have serious connections to farmers I mean the the really striking one is a place called Smith and the Loyalist which is a new high-end restaurant two restaurants actually but they they're allied with this farm down in uh, Bourbonnais and they kind of just it's a retired couple who will just grow things experimentally for this restaurant to play around with that's cool and the restaurant people go down there and they'll pick stuff and you know they take their kids and the kids run around the farm and all that kind of stuff so as hoity-toity as the restaurant might be there is a real you know down-to-earth farm-to-table aspect to it which which is cool when it's real you bet 
uh, Nepalese food. Yeah. <laughs> That's a cuisine I perhaps have not tried before. You know, there there is occasionally the Indian restaurant that is secretly Nepalese. You know, sort of like if if so you want to find... Secretly Nepalese is playing Lincoln Hall this week. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Great band names come out of uh, a lot of food talk, I think. Um, but sort of like if you want a Guatemalan restaurant, look for the words Mexican food. Uh, you know, because there's no there's no commercial advantage in saying Guatemalan food. True enough. So, but um, but anyway, so Nepalese, it's it's these people who are tea importers that open this little cafe that makes fantastic chai, which is a you know Indian tea mm-hmm. and milk drink, uh, and little baked uh, baked pies, meat pies, and things like that. Um, and that's just an example of the kind of thing. It's like there wouldn't have been a Nepalese category. If that place didn't exist, but they exist, so we, you know, so it's worth checking out. So if people want to get their hands on this book, and what a great resource. I mean, and the way you have it formatted, it's perfect just to slip in the, the side of your uh, car door as right. a handy reference tool. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the reasons I did it as a book, is I thought it would be good to it just make it Hang on, easy. for more chicken. More and chicken, not, not go being for forward it. with you. Um, it'd just be good to have it be very portable. There is a Kindle version, but, you know, books are easy. Books are cheap. No one's going to steal your book out of the car. Mm-hmm. Uh, smash your window to get the book. Um, so, yeah, it's available at Amazon um, and available at the Kindle on the, for the Kindle and Amazon. It's also at Barnes & Noble. Uh, not in any bookstores yet, but I'm going to work on that, try and get some Chicago bookstores to carry it. And it's $5.99. Uh, buck ninety nine. Really, Mike, it's a value at any price. Well, you know, I think think what is the one bad meal you went because you picked a bad you know picked a bad place to eat. You know, what's that going to cost you? It's going to be thirty bucks. No, seriously, you are you are my sensei. I trust your food judgment, <laughs> and here are ninety nine places I can trust because you put your name behind them and you gave great reviews. All right, so we can get this on Amazon. Talking about trends, we're recording this at the end of twenty sixteen. We're days away from Christmas. What do you see happening in 2017 in Chicago? Or is it impossible to prognosticate? Oh, I think there are a lot of trends that will just continue. I mean, one of the things about the book, I mean, you know, when I was on shows with you, it was usually prompted by one of those lists that was about kind of classic Chicago food. Mm-hmm. And what I really found, it wasn't didn't start out as a theme of the restaurants I picked for the book, but I definitely observed it as I got going was... I mean, no one's really opening new Italian beef places very often. Maybe they're opening them in Tinley Park, but they're not really opening right. them in Chicago. Wait, how have you not had anything to drink yet? I don't know. Just... How is that even possible? <laughs> I burned all my taste buds off long ago. Uh, so, it's, uh, you know, it's easy to find that information. They're, it's not what's happening new. What I see really happening all over the city is kind of this globalized cuisine where it's either authentic from an area like this is, mm-hmm. or it's people who, you know, they're just used to the idea of making all these things at once. I mean, there's a there's a coffee house on Division called American or North, I'm sorry, it's on North, called Americano 2211. And they do great, like, Italian coffee, and then they have some Middle Eastern dishes, and then they have like really French ham sandwiches, and then they have cookies and ice cream that's sort of Italian too. And it's like, 
what nationality is that? <laughs> the answer is all of the above. Right. It's just, you know, it's people in the restaurant industry making what they like. And I think that's what we're seeing so much of at every level is people don't open a thing. They open whatever is a combination of what they like. And a lot of times there's uh, Asian influences on that. There's Mexican influences on that. And I think that's mostly good. I mean, sometimes you get the places that kind of do it badly. I mean, it's sort of like the, you know, the, the hippie cafe in the college town mm -hmm. that is mostly black bean burritos. But then suddenly <laughs> there's like Nazi Goreng on the menu because the chef had that once uh -huh. and wants to make it. And he doesn't do a very good job with it unless he actually is Indonesian or something. Um, so, I mean, sometimes places botch it, but mostly the quality of these things is pretty high. So, um, and I think that's just what we we see now is that kind of globalized approach a little bit of everything and it's great i mean to me that's a big it's what's part of living here makes up for all the other horrible things about living here for real well this meal makes up for a lot of it too <laughs> i mean we're, we're here in december it's cold outside but wow this this food is great and would have never known this place existed if not for you and if i hadn't known you i would have found out about it in your book <laughs> Uh, but it's great stuff. So Amazon's where we can get it. Uh, you are a resource. You are a food treasure here in Chicago. And uh, thanks for thanks for leading me down this path. Thank you for talking long enough for me to swallow that bite. <laughs> it's an art. <laughs> well, my pleasure. <laughs>